Kundugal. Kundugal, wie sieht. Kundugal. Happy New Year. <laughs> I am truly that key and peel sketch where they just mispronounce everybody's names, you know, the replacement teacher, whatever it's called. Yeah, that's that's me in flesh and blood. First first minisode of the year. And it gives me so much more pleasure to do it since I'm British, because obviously, you know, it's like, hey, it's Maya, I'm British, I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> what you gonna do about it? Can't even say Yorkshire in the northern accent. What are you even pretending? What's up, girl? Do you know how creepy it is to enter the room and see the cardboard on myself? <laughs> Especially when I'm, like, coming out of the shower for, like, a shirt and shit. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's not an intruder. Yeah, Alejandro, I blame you for everything. Well, speaking of Alejandro, <laughs> speaking of you, bitch, literally no analogy whatsoever. Well, actually, yes, there is the analogy, because Alejandro's teenage sister listens to my podcast, which I haven't realized until he, like, told me around Christmas time, and I was like, okay. Okay. No, it was that Spotify wrapped. It was like, oh yeah, you are one of her top five podcasts. I was like, what? She's like a teenager. Why are you letting a teenage sister listen to the podcast? So hey, Violetta, you might want to sit out on this one. This Minnesota is setting the tone for the whole year. It's gonna get sexy in here. Mm-hmm. Super sexy. It's like the least sexy thing about prisons, but Let's just, I mean, everybody, when you see the word conjugal, yeah? But when everybody sees the words conjugal visits, you're going into the orange is the new black territory. Well, at least I was. Until I researched this and I destroy every single topic for myself. So if I know it, you have to know it. Let's dive into it. First of all, what are conjugal visits? Because your understanding probably going into this without further research, unless, you know, you're like super intelligent and you know these things, I don't know how, maybe you work in the industry, are like, you know, it's it's prisoners and they get their partner to come in and anybody can come in and they just get laid. They just put them into this nice little apartment, which is part of the prison, and they get laid and they get candy and condoms that, you know, taste nice and stuff. And you're like, wow, yeah, this sounds really great. Uh, it's obviously much grimmer than that, unless you're like in Scandinavia. Which like Scandinavia is just winning at everything. <laughs> and the West is just like, yeah, let's make this the least sexy thing ever. Conjugal visits is a scheduled period which obviously immediately ruins everything for everybody, in which an inmate of a prison or a jail is permitted to spend several hours or days in private with a visitor. And the visitor, in like 99% of the cases, I think maybe 100, uh, needs to be the legal spouse. So it can't be, you know, like prisoners out there swiping on Tinder and then arranging a date. Actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, we'll go a bit into the history of uh, conjugal visits and that kind of happened, well, without the Tinder part, but like in the olden days and that's probably why it doesn't happen today. I know, right? Listen, if this episode... if there's one goal for this minisode. It is to convince you all not to commit crime. <laughs> Honestly, whenever, like, for as long as I was researching this for a couple of days, I was like, I, I just can't. I just can't. I need to control my anger management. And I can never commit a crime because I would suck. I, I love sexual intercourse. Okay. Considering Violetta is listening <laughs> to this, why she hates me. She hates me right now. Not that she loved me before, but hey, Violetta, shut up. <laughs> No, put Violetta's name in the most inappropriate places. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. That's my my gift to you this year. For me being so five of your podcast. This is how I repay you. And the next year, I'm gonna still be in your top five, right? Okay. Are teenagers listening to me? Please shout out, DM me, that BAM pod, anywhere. Just, just DM me. Please explain yourselves, because I'd love to hear it. 
I love to hear it. And what people don't understand is that conjugal visits are kind of like family visits. So sex doesn't have to happen. Like it can have like it can happen, but it can be just a private time where a family visits, you know, everybody. And then you can't have sex unless you're a fucking pervert who has sex with like a child in the room. And then it's just a family visit. It's like a bonding experience. So A, it provides the incentive for that prisoner, obviously, because people who get even the opportunity to have a conjugal visit have to be on their best behavior. But it's also used to preserve those family bonds and work towards the reintegration of that person into the normal life. So it's all about rehabilitation and staying strong with the family bonds, because a lot of people in prisons actually do have families outside and aren't there for life. So they're going to be reintegrated into the life and you don't want them to be institutionalized. So this is why they should exist in the first place. And cultural visits usually take place in designated rooms or a structure provided for that purpose, such as a trailer and a small cabin. So it doesn't necessarily have to be within prison, but usually it is. And they can supply you with soap, condoms, lubricant, bed linens, and towels. Again, depending on the country. So if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, you're probably thinking like, well, UK doesn't have conjugal visits. And yes, that is correct. I'm going to go into further detail and like differences between US system and UK system. But I thought of hitting you with like some facts and kind of explanations that I wanted answers to because, you know, I'm a keen child that wants to know how do people get laid in prisons. Because if you are living in different states in the US that don't have conjugal visits, you're probably familiar that it's not as common as you might think because we see it on TV shows. We're like, well, every prison in every country must have them. Mm -mm." So what are the main arguments against having it? So two things work into the favor of it. Well, against it, to be honest. So the politicians that are tough on law and then obviously on the other side, the taxpayers that are thinking, why would my money go into providing supplies for somebody to have conjugal visits? And once you merge those two, you obviously get a lot of people who are voting for the politicians that are to be elected to vote for those that are going to be against prisoners having any liberties. And that's why in the US in particular, but also UK, everywhere really, but like a few countries, you have prison systems that don't focus on rehabilitation, they don't focus on reintegration of people into society, and hence why people reoffend. However, obviously, repercussions of this are that leads to reducing of the family visits. So it's just this circle of hell where nobody wins and nobody gets laid and nobody gets time with family. If the politicians can't like actually convince you because it's like, oh, well, why would your taxpayers' money go on to this? Well, then the most obvious and the weirdest part of all of this <laughs> to me is the gut instinct that they go for. And that is, well, what if, what if, listen to me carefully, what if a child is born into prison? And I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that you can't count, but this is why you provide contraceptives for those visitors. Like, this is why you ensure that, you know, they, they, you kind of give them a lecture or you ensure that they have access to contraception, to like, to the pill, if there are females in there. I just, I don't see this. I just don't see it. I mean, I guess like anybody, you can't actually be in the room with them while they're like doing it. You can only be outside, so you don't really know if they're using condoms and shit, but this is why I provide contraceptive. This is a very easy solution. And what we forget is that this is already given to the honorary prisoners. And what I didn't know is, I think this is the fact from the US, that they actually have to check in every four hours of the visit. So let's say you have to spend like eight hours, 24 hours usually. It is like around a day 
or 42 or 72 in like the more lenient places. So let's say you get to spend 24 hours with your family. You need to check in with a guard that's like out front of that flat or wherever you're staying. And both parties or more parties, if it is like a family, need to check in to see like everything is okay. Again, we'll speak of a weird case and you'll probably know why. So a fun fact for you is that 48 of private visits in New York are conjugal, while the rest of 52% are family. And then stats to sort of, well, support why it should happen in the UK. According to the Howard League for Penal Reform, there's about 80,000 women in the UK who have a partner who is in prison in, uh, in the UK. And according to Prison Reform Trust, the average distance an individual has to travel to visit their partner in prison is 60 miles. So obviously, if you were to create conjugal visit, like something like a family visit, that might pay off because then somebody is going to actually spend 24, 48, 72 hours, however long, with their actual family, which again works towards rehabilitation against what, well, the person that kind of triggered this podcast, that's like a friend of a friend of a friend, doesn't have. He has like a couple of hours, I think, even per month. Like I think it's one hour, like fortnightly or something. I even forgot. I need to like really refresh myself on, on the person that I kind of should know that, you know, I'm connected by, <laughs> by like two degrees of separation in prison. But yeah, where I'm driving at, it just pays off more for somebody to go visit somebody, spend some quality time rather than going 60 miles for what? An hour to spend with them in the canteen, maybe like with their child. And that's nothing. Like they can't like FaceTime, they can't Skype with them. They can't like do anything. They can't do the dirty talk at night at 2 a.m. Not a personal story. What goes into the favor of all of this are the stats. Norway, you know, being like one of the happiest countries in the world, also has conjugal visits and is one of the lowest reoffending, has one of the lowest reoffending rates in the world. Whereas obviously UK and US have the most. Like, you're probably, you're just institutionalized just by stepping your foot into that prison. And inmates in Norway can have as many visits with a partner as they like, with private visits taking place in a room that has a sofa bed, covered with sheets, towels and condoms, and even a sink. I love how they put even a sink. And obviously, I knew that I put something here even before reading it in the script. I put, boy, all of my uni hookups didn't have this luxury. Truly, truly, a lot of my uni hookups were like, well, you know, go, you, you can go home, have a shower, right? <laughs> so, oh, you didn't bring condoms. Ah, well, then let's do it. Like, no, I ain't getting preggers. Even outside of prison, I end up for that shit. Enough of uni hookups, bitch. This researcher that I just put as Lorraine, <laughs> give her the name, like the PhD, no, nothing. It's just like, hey, Lorraine said that part of the ethos was encouraging people to maintain family contacts so that it's easier for them to go back and lead in lead low-abiding life. This referring to Norway. And as a result, Norway only has 20%, which again isn't like, wow, the best thing, but compared to others, has the 20% of people that are released, might re-offend. Whereas in UK, it's 59%. And that's prisoners re-offending within a year after being released. Because obviously, they're like, what are they going to do? I always actually think about the, the guy that I mentioned that, like, stabbed his girlfriend up north. That kind of triggered this podcast because, well, he was, like, of our age, you know, had, like, a normal life. And I was like, how did you just snap? What, what just happened? What happened there? And I always think about him because, well... 
he's only been there like for what one two years now one year no about like one year and something and has about like probably 30 more to serve like when he gets out what is he gonna do i mean if his parents are alive yeah maybe he's gonna have a roof above his head but what is he gonna do he can't find a job just ruin his life completely there's only a few people that I actually know, and I kind of told my friend to tell him this, that, well, one in the U.S., actually more in the U.S., but the one that I listened to, which is Christina Randall, that, you know, has a YouTube channel, is making content, and is telling people about the experience. In the U.K., there is a guy, I forgot, he has, like, a porridge on his book. Sorry that I don't know you, but I think he was in prison for, like, a year for some white-collar crime, so again... There's only a couple of people that once they get out, they're like, okay, cool. At least, you know, I was, I'm a creative person. So, like, during the prison, I was keeping a journal or I was keeping it all in my head. So, I'm going to make something out of it. You know, tell people the actual experience that they don't repeat my mistakes and they don't re-offend. But again, what percentage of people is that? And, like, they also have to have conditions to do that. It's not like they can, you know, come out and do that from the streets. Why are you going off tangents constantly? So some countries that still don't have conjugal visits are UK, Japan, Hong Kong. Well, I put that's actually a city. <laughs> like, I think this is Wikipedia. I was like, Hong Kong ain't a fucking country in itself. Ireland and New Zealand, which I was surprised about Kiwis. I was like, yo, Kiwis, you like my Kelly Lane episode. Why don't you... <laughs> Completely unrelated. Why don't you support Why don't you support sexual intercourse? I thought you were chill. I thought you just surf your whole day and have sex. Wow. That is truly the stereotype that nobody had of Kiwis but me. Hey, Kiwis, what, do, what is your stereotype? What do people think about, you know? Yeah, because I always would think about, like, Aussies and... Kiwis that are just relaxed with a bit of a weird accent, but just like chill, like, you know, laid back. This is why I'm like, why are you tough on low? Why are you tough on this? Germany is just Germany. I actually want to cover this case because they allow prisoners to have conjugal visits, but the screening is tough. And that is because in 2010, like 10 years ago, an inmate murdered his girlfriend and attempted suicide during a visit, which led to changing rules and just tightening about security of like, what are they bringing in and what are they doing? I need to find that case to find more details on that. Germans, tell me about it. Yeah, maybe maybe you do the work and I'll just tell a story. Denmark, of course. Scandinavia winning for the win. Conjugal visits are permissible and they also have this state prison of East Jutland that has apartments for couples where inmates that have been sentenced to more than eight years in prison can have visitation for 47 hours per visit. So... I don't know who thought about this. In France, in France, they have 72 hours. And they also take place in these mini apartments that consist of two small rooms, a kitchen and a dining area. This is, again, again not to allude to my student life, but like, bruh. Like, I get where, you know, Europeans who are like tough on this might come from. Because you're like, again, like me. You know, I didn't have this experience as a freaking student. Why are prisoners having apartments with, like, a dining area and shit? Not even a studio? Like, what are they going to use this for? But again, think of them as home visits. You know, if they bring children, they need, like, you know, to shut the door. The parents need to do the thing. And then they have 72 hours to do it. Yo, French. French. I'm proud of you on this one. And what people don't think, again, which I think Christina Randall points so well in her videos. Go follow her on YouTube. She served, I think, only three years. Um, in Florida. So again, no conjugal visits, nothing. What she said for her, it's like, it's fine because it's three years. Like, you'll, you'll get over it. You know, you'll masturbate, you'll get over it. 
But for people that are actually there for a longer time, what else is left for you? You need to find a guard. And then there's no intimacy. There's no like real relationships because you either find a guard or you got to get with a girl. And if you find a guard, your option is a cupboard. And it's like for a quickie, then you get out. And again, that is more of a chance of you getting pregnant. So why are we not seeing it from this perspective where that's actually increasing the risks because what what are the chances that guy is going to be like, like carrying condoms around and shit? So that's more of a chance of that woman getting pregnant rather than letting her actually have a conjugal visit. So yeah, she said like that's a huge problem for people serving life sentences or anything like that because, well... Their options are super limited. Going into more of a liberal territory, and tell me whether this is because I was looking for specific facts, but I truly couldn't find much on the same-sex visits. Like, it's only in certain paragraphs that it pops up if it's, like, allowed in a country or not. But it's just not researched enough. Just this in general, even in the UK, you know, there's, like, certain groups, like the Reform Howard League group, like that I mentioned before, that are doing research on this, but really not much. You can't find people, like, pushing for this in the government and stuff, so, again, which makes me think, like, no changes are gonna be brought in the next couple of years, which is just fucking sad and pathetic. And that's why I bring you the brighter side of this. So, you know, if anybody's listening and you're working for a correctional institution or just starting the government, kind of, you know, spread the word, spread the word, because there are countries that are doing it great. For example, it's like I love this line conjugal visits are a universal practice in Mexico they're like yo you Mexican you can do it anywhere prison you can do it and it's independent of a prisoner of a prisoner's marital status so again if you got a girlfriend a boyfriend you don't have to rush that marriage you can still get laid with them and in some correctional facilities entire families are allowed to live in prison with their imprisoned relative for extended periods this is specific for Mexico City for example where in July 2007, the prison system began to allow gay prisoners to have conjugal visits with their partners. And that's on the basis of the 2003 law, which bans discrimination based on sexual orientation. So I'm just like wondering why didn't other countries pick up on this? Because same-sex relationships are allowed, are not illegal in so many other countries, so why are not picking up on this? And in countries like Venezuela and Brazil, partners who are unmarried are also allowed weekly visits. And in Colombia, <laughs> Shakira's country, okay. <laughs> yeah, I bet she is proud of this particular fact, Maya. About 3,500 women arrive at prisons each Sunday to meet intimately with their husbands or boyfriends. Again, you don't have to be married. And this is so... I just don't understand. How are countries in South America so, like, you know, chill about this? Whereas, you know, their neighbors up north are like, no, we are super strict. Like, look at this. This politician has been chosen particularly for this. You're like, yeah. Does he have, like, bigger priorities, you know? <laughs> Maybe. Just give, like, give this somebody focus on this. In the UK, and this I find so fucking bizarre. So, obviously, they're not allowed, but they are allowed home visits so they can actually go home. But this is allowed only to prisoners who have a few weeks to a few months remaining of a long sentence. So what the fuck is the point? Like, how are you reintegrating him into the society like a few weeks? It's like, oh, sorry, you have like a couple of weeks to just, you know, go and check in with your family. They're like, yeah, you're gonna be here anyway. It's like, what the fuck is the point? You've been serving, what, 20 years? Great. I see you at home now. Welcome. Like, <laughs> what is the logic? Even for these home visits, you have to be model prisoner. 
So let's say you have been held in open prisons rather than the ones that are closed. You know, you need to have like a perfect record, never been in the solitary, never had any criminal record inside prison, whatever you want to call it. And people that have looked into this said like, again, this doesn't lead to intimacy. Even if you have a visit inside the prison or even if you were to have a home visit again, you're coming back. But it doesn't lead to like the intimacy of somebody having 24, 48, like 72 hours to spend with a partner in their presence, like without a fucking child, without a guard that's watching. So to actually, well, people say cuddle. I hate the word cuddle, but sure. (laughs) I love the word fondle. I don't know why. It's 10 times worse and I love it. (laughs) It's like the most hated words. Moist, moist. Moist is hated by everybody, but it's moist. Okay, Maya. (laughs) So yes, to touch, cuddle them, that kind of thing. And obviously in prisons, here or anywhere really according to law well according to prison service order here 1215 annex a so it's like the first annex of the law right because alphabet prison staff must not have any sexual involvement with a prisoner and can be disciplined and have their employment terminated for forming an unprofessional relationship or even prosecuted for misconduct in a public office Again, bringing it to Christina Randall, everything that she says in the videos, yes, completely understandable. But then also one of three options, one being masturbation, I guess. But yeah, if you want contact with another human, what else you're left with? Same sex or the opposite sex. And who else is opposite sex but people who work in prison? Don't commit crime. That's the point of this whole fucking thing. Because I would just be there like cracking my brain. Like, what do I do? How do I get off? Okay. (laughs) Hey, shout out to Violetta. This episode is dedicated to me. It's going to It's going to unsubscribe straight away. Oh, God. And what I put is something that not many people see from this way is that we don't think about this as coercion. So something that you might consider as grooming from the outside. Because those guys, even if you think about like the probably the misrepresentation of the orange is the new black and like how they're kind of slowly, you know, targeting a person, targeting a person, and then they can might pass on to like somebody else because again, they're guarding different corridors, different like prison cells. For me, it's really creepy in a way because yes, they should definitely lose their job because what the fuck, there's so many guards that come to work that have like wives and families and everything back home, but they're just spending too much time here, they know that these girls are horny as shit, and then they want to get it on. And I bet politicians aren't spending their time thinking about this from this way. You're ruining so many lives in the process because you don't understand like the psychology of like, well, people see it as having options and then they go for the option that's less risky or most appealing to them. And if they are straight as fuck, they will probably go for the guard, even though it is risky as fuck because, well, both of them might have repercussions. So think about prisoners for fucking second. Pretty much that's it when you're looking at it from the UK perspective. It's just like, hey, it's prohibited, the guards will be fired, and that's about it. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of work here to be done, and I don't see it done anytime soon, which is just truly shitty, because it just means we are not investing into actually rehabilitating any offenders. How are our people across the pond doing? Well, let's go down a bit in history in the US. The first implementation of conjugal visits started in Mississippi. And it started in this Mississippi State Penitentiary. 
And of course, because this was early 1900s and they were racist motherfuckers, it was enacted actually to convince black male prisoners to work harder in their manual labor. So how did they do this? Who did they bring? Well, they brought sex worker, which at back then they referred to as prostitutes. So it was kind of, prisons worked technically as a, as a brothel. So like they were, well, for free, working themselves for free, dust to dawn, and then at night they would be like, well, here, here's your prize, here's these brothels that we are not really even checking for, like, sexually transmitted diseases, so go on and have a feast. So on Sunday afternoons, they would bring in these sex workers, and those sex workers would charge 50 cents for the services. So basically, we pay you in sex services. So it's kind of like, hey, I'm dangling this carrot, like be productive or you won't get laid on a Sunday. Like, wow, I used to go to church on Sundays. What the fuck is this? And by the early 1990s, 70 states had conjugal programs. However, this with years has decreased and now there's only four states that currently allow them and those are California, Connecticut, New York and Washington. And since June 2007, the California Department of Corrections announced that they allow the same-sex conjugal visits, but again, the couple has to be married. Which again is good because it complies to this 2005 law that gives the rights to domestic partners the same way that it does to heterosexual couples. But again, I'm just thinking about it, well, that's now only four states and you know again maybe they didn't have a chance to get married because it was still taboo or because it was just passed as a law so maybe they still didn't get a chance to get married before somebody got in prison the same sex marriage or the domestic partnership must have been established before they were incarcerated in terms of who is eligible well they can only happen in medium or lesser security prison so again if you are a serial killer and you spend like your life in freaking solitary your prison life in solitary you ain't getting shit and what i find me i don't know where i found this article it's one of the things in the sources i don't know but it varies from state to state again which makes me think like why isn't the law you know there was it's four states we can we can make it, you know, in general. We can make it the same law for four states, you don't think so? No. They're ineligible if they committed any or dozens of infections that include fighting and swearing. I'm so fucked. If I ever commit an offense, like, I'm just so fucked, even if they make it legit. It's like I can't spend, like, freaking 60 seconds without swearing. Okay, slight exaggeration, but, you know, definitely not an hour without swearing. So, why didn't my parents have a swear jar? And then they would, you know, just dangle it and be like, one day it will become useful. Because <laughs> you have anger management. You might land in prison one day. Swear jars save you. Save you from prison. Okay, <laughs> wow, that's a statement. Also, prisoners must pass a health screening, so they test you for any STDs. And in California, they need to be, like, legally married. So nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Maya for president. I, lo I love whoever wrote this article. It's still the same article. So how often do prisoners have them? And they said that the extended family visits come in three flavors. <laughs> like, okay, I will call in flavors. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All the extended home visits. So I'm just like trying to resist the urge to be pervert. But they come in six hours. In six hours, 12 hours and 24 and obviously for those with best records, and who are within one year of release. Ah, US is really pissing me off. So also these visits are allowed on average once or twice a year for eligible convicts. So it's like one year before you go out, you can have sex twice. <laughs> this is some logic of my mom when she came into my room one day and I was like, yeah, I'm going to try a tampon and she lost her plot. She's like, you're going to lose your virginity with a tampon. I was like, what? 
fucking swing on. It's like, not unless I'm shoving in the wrong hole, mom, but sure. <laughs> it's like, okay, I forget that I ever said it. <laughs> it's like, just please, get out. <laughs> forget that I ever said it. I just forget about this. That that is that's the logic this reminds me of. <laughs> Have I just said the other day? Like <laughs> what did I say? Have I just said like, the other day, like this didn't happen like ten years ago. <laughs> uh, the other day, yes, I'm still I'm a virgin. I'm four time I'm married for four years, but I'm untouched. It's like mom, I haven't been deflowered yet. Listen. It's like not even with a tampon, mom. I'm saving myself for I don't know. To, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> What can you save yourself for once you're married? Um, <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of this guy who was like, <laughs> I was like trying to, you know, chat me out. I don't know, some random fucking dude. And I was like, I'm married. He was like, but is it serious? <laughs> like, when does it become serious for you? Like, is it is it when I'm pregnant? It's like, what, what you mean? Is it serious? How more serious do you want it to be? So, hey, yes, mom, never. Nobody will ever take my virginity. Where was <laughs> Ah, Violetta, Violetta, Kalashnikov, Kalashnikov. <laughs> so where do they take place? They happen in these private apartment-style settings, and it's within prison in the US. And the rooms will be equipped with sheets, condoms, soap, and towels. And again, why they're not widespread? Because in New York, the former governor in 2010, he planned to spend 800000 for two double-wide trailers for conjugal and family visits. So again, kind of like in Scandinavia, for it to have space, you know, so the children can be in another room and the parents can have some privacy time and, and they can rejoice for family visits, but the plan never happened. Like, okay, we just forgot about it, you know. Some other politician might take it at some point. And same-sex couples can only visit one another one another in California and in New York, but also only if they got married before one of them and landed in prison. That's the only way to win the system. <laughs> if you're a same-sex couple and you commit crimes together, you know, you're the Clyde and Clyde and then you commit it and then you're in prison together and then you're having your beautiful life together. Okay. And you're living in unity together. That's one way forward. You should all follow it. Yeah, listen, don't commit crime. Don't listen to me ever. And not just that, but I thought like, okay, they must be free everywhere. No, they are free. But in Washington, you need to pay. It used to be five pounds a night, but now it's 10 pounds a night and food is not even provided. So like, what the fuck are you paying for? Which I'm like, okay, this might be a way forward. Because if you know, the government is like, well, it's taxpayers' money. And then people are like, well, it's taxpayers' money. Well, then maybe, yeah, use the money you know that they get to spend the continue like that their family sends them divide that money and maybe pay for conjugal visit like every month or again this, this it wouldn't be fair technically because not everybody has access to that money but it might be one way forward that's you know reasonable that can be reasoned with the people and can be reasoned with the politicians although Personally, if I was to have somebody in prison and they had to pay for me to come there, I wouldn't feel, well, ethically about it. You know, you know what I mean? I would really feel like, hey, are you paying for my services? <sighs> so yeah, I think like the, the reasonable public would see that from maybe that way and they'd be like, yeah, no, make it free. 
<laughs> my conclusions. This is the conclusions paragraph. People making the decisions aren't reasonable because we all know releasing those spermies will make you more at peace. <laughs> but true, true. Just I put it very shittily. You get what I mean. If you are there, you know, just like sexually tense, like you are more likely to get into fights. You know, if you didn't get laid, you, you don't have like how to how to your choices. You don't want to masturbate like in the room with like five other women or whatever. You know, you're like going to be feisty. You are going to get yourself in trouble. Whereas if you, you know, just release, <laughs> release yourselves in, you know, some great ways, <laughs> and everything is solved, everything is resolved for you, then it might work for those prisoners to be like, well, no, actually our prison has the most behaved prisoners. Yeah, they're definitely not going to re-offend because guess what? They're getting laid like motherfuckers. Okay. So the main conclusion of this minisode is that research is very much needed. Change is very much needed. And I want to ask you, like, would you prefer to pay a fee to go and visit somebody? Like, would that maybe resonate with you? Do you think that is the way forward? Should the non-married couples still be able to visit somebody if they prove, like, hey, they're in a relationship, it's not like some fucking Tinder hookup, it's like, no, we're actually together for a couple of years, we just didn't want to get married, and then, hey, he was just drunk driving or something that's probably, I mean, this is serious, drunk driving is serious. It's not like, hey, he went and killed, like, five people, so, you know, I kind of still want to have sex with that person. Because there's just so many unreasonable facts when it comes to the, the conjugal visits, like that it's only allowed in the last year when you are well-behaved. You're like, well, great, so what? I didn't get laid for 20 years. I'm out of shape. I don't know how it's done. <laughs> Why do you always turn into weird? So if you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments what do you think should be done according to you. If you're in any like correctional institutions, if you work for, I don't know, Howard reform or just work within prisons like what do you see that maybe I didn't that can be done like are there any institutions petitions somewhere where you know we can actually reach out to the government and make a change because I'd be very interested in you know passing that message or just doing something myself on that note yeah if you're watching on YouTube if you don't like what are you doing go subscribe there like you know you have visuals <laughs> what are gonna be visuals for this episode I don't know yet but yeah you know I'll, I'll put some fun shit in <laughs> I'll put some like caricatures of people doing it great um <laughs> Drop down in the comments. And if you're not, then, you know, deadband pod everywhere on the socials. Or you can email me, podbam at gmail.com. What can be done? What did I miss out on? Do you know any, like, cool facts? Or maybe if you are listening from different countries, how are you guys doing it? Or how have you influenced the governments? Because obviously, you know, maybe for you it didn't happen all at once. The politicians have kind of taken leads. And how did they get there? Because that would be super interesting to know, you know, because it's obviously in other languages and then you can understand those languages and then you can translate it to us and we can know and we can follow those steps. Because especially during COVID, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, if I was in these shoes, what would I be doing? Like, what choice would I be taking? Because it doesn't seem like there's any great ones. You know, it's like cupboard versus... The same sex. Yeah, I'll probably go for them. Because then, again, it's intimacy. It's human. It's a human. It's somebody that can scooch you, spoon you, cuddle you. Are you uncomfortable yet? Well, if you are, hey, you're getting out of this minisode in a second. Because I don't have the outro for this. So, yeah. Uh, happy Friday. <laughs> this is this year is starting weird. Uh, th this, is, this is the note we're going to follow on. Just weird. 
and sexy. How are you gonna make Adelina so sexy? You didn't make this one sexy. You talk, spoke about losing virginity with a tampon, Maya. You see, he got me a cutout to make sure myself, and I'm still talking to the room, to the ego in the room. I think like I'm gonna need to like put her here. And then freak myself out and make a con eye contact with myself. You don't care about that. Happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend. First weekend of the year. Aren't you excited? No, it's not. It's not. It's the first weekend is, has passed. Aren't you excited? What are people excited for these days? Yeah, hit me up with that. I would very much like to know what excites you when the weekend approaches now. What do you do? You just catch up on Netflix and the podcasts like me. Yes, I, I miss you. Hey, it's a new year. New us. Uh, keep making the world a better place. One more thing at a time. Bye, fuckers! Salute! Salute!